Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, uh, and with me, as always... He's Marek Larwood. There you go, he's there, that's Marek there. How are you doing, Marek? Pretty tired. Yeah? I mean, that's not the best way to start a podcast, is it? No, no. Why don't you lie to us? Why don't you give us some uh, children's TV presenter pep? I am keen to talk about films, and to share my experience with other people. Oh, good. Although, personally, I would not... I already know what I'm going to start thinking, so I would not listen to this myself. Sure, you you don't need to be informed, you don't need someone telling you what to think about films, you're saying... No, I do not, I'm mean, the last thing I want. You're an island, you're a cinematic island. Well, no, I don't want to listen, to, I know what I'm thinking, so if you've, it'd be, what be the point? Well, you could maybe change what you're thinking to be thinking something else. If everyone was exactly the same and thought the same things, do you think people would stop having conversations? Uh, oh uh, no, because they'd still they'd still be uh, seeing it from their separate perspective, wouldn't they? Like, even the though we all sort of more... thought the same, it'd be like, oh, Marek, from where I'm uh, sitting here, this table uh, has a sort of pointy end pointing out towards my knee here, which is quite different to you, isn't it? It depends what the base person was like in the first place. So who who do you think would be? Well, for example, if it was me, I probably wouldn't want to speak to these other Mareks, but I would respect their. Privacy. And they would feel exactly the same way towards you. Yeah. So no, no one would speak. Yeah. And when I did speak, I really just wanted just just to get out of my system, so I wouldn't really listen to them. Okay, but all of them would treat you in the same way yeah, so and we, know what you were doing when you were doing it. It'd be terrible. And so would hate you for it. And then I realised I'd do that myself. I end up killing myself, and I'd go to the. But yeah, everyone would kill themselves yeah, go at the, to the exact same I'd moment. I'd go to the cliff and everyone would arrive. <laughs> everyone would be there on every cliff in the world. Yes, yeah, so all I the marriages would jump off and onto each other and a few would inevitably survive. Yeah, but in a pile of millions of marriages, that's no way to live. Well, it's certainly a film script right there. Yeah. You've been to the cinema. You look like you have anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got a nice glow on me. Popcorn yeah. all over your T-shirt. Yeah, T-shirt on. Uh, I've been to see uh, Ant-Man. Another superhero film. Uh, yes, the last of Phase 2 of Marvel's Grand Master Plan that has already been announced into the 2020s or whatever it is. And this is Paul Rudd playing... Paul Rudd playing superhero white man. Um, that's, uh, that's what they all are, aren't they? But no, he's playing Ant-Man. Uh, What's he about? Ant-Man 
is about uh, Scott Lang, who is a burglar, who, but he's a good burglar, right? What do you mean a good burglar? He's a good burglar. They make they make so clear he's a good burglar, as in he doesn't carry weapons and he no one ever gets hurt. But he's in prison. His life's a bit on the skids a bit, and uh, he's just got out of prison. In fact, oh. he's just got out of prison. And uh, he is trying to be a good father figure for his young daughter and his estranged wife. And uh, then he gets fired from Baskin Robbins. Uh, from where? Baskin Robbins, the ice cream place. It's a very heavy product placement. Okay. They, they say Baskin Robbins a lot in this film. And then uh, he gets drawn back into one last... Uh, job stealing from an old man who turns out to be Michael Douglas, the original Ant-Man, Hank Pym and he steals the Ant-Man suit but it turns out Michael Douglas had planned it all along to train him up as the new Ant-Man to fight a evil yeah, a burglar because he's you know, he can go small and Ant-Man stuff. goes small and he fights crime he can go really small to the size of an ant and he can control ants with his mind is this a typical superhero film or is it more of a sort of quirky one? Okay. Everyone was really hopeful about Ant-Man because he's a lesser character in terms of uh, Marvel's intellectual property to talk about such things as we seem to now when we talk about these things. Um, he, so he was originally a film that Edgar Wright was writing with Joe Cornish from mm-hmm. Adam and Joe um, of uh, Attack the Block and Tintin uh, fame. And Edgar Wright was directing it and everyone was very excited because the idea of an actually author-directed superhero film from a director who has proved himself to have a very distinctive voice when it comes to, you know, the way he tells stories... A lot of jump cuts. ...was very exciting. But he's good. I mean, whether you like his style, he he has a style. Um, And somewhere along the... the, uh, Through the process with Marvel... They came to creative differences and he parted ways and they got a new director in and the script was rewritten slightly by uh, Paul Rudd and Adam McKee of uh, of um, Anchorman fame and oh, okay. all of those things. So there are four writing credits on the, on the screenplay and they have turned it into the same film we've seen every single time with Marvel's movie. It's the exact same film. It's got some good lines in it, just as some of them do, just like Shane Black's Iron Man 3 did, or Jon Favreau's Iron Man 1. It had some good lines in it. Um, The character is a pretty much identical, affable, white male in his sort of 30s or early 40s who ends up fighting a pretty weak villain uh, in terms of character or whatever. This is, for Marvel's films, it's fun. It suffers from the exact same problem all of them do, which is they set up their villain and hero at the beginning and we know in the end they'll fight and they haven't a clue what happens in the middle of a story. There are set pieces which resolve themselves. So they set up a problem and fix it, then set up another problem and fix it. My toilet's broken. I fixed the toilet. Right, let's move on to the next one. And My window's broken. I've just fixed it. And no- I've forgotten to buy sausages. <sighs> let's go buy sausages. <laughs> and none of them have any actual implication upon the story whatsoever. 
and they are mostly just setting up stall for a, uh, a story in three films time or having a look who it is it's a character from another from one of the other films who he's going to fight who's going to win it's 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 sunday morning morning cartoon stuff yeah, it's it's not a it's not a good story some, i thought it was going to be quite quirky and well weird. that's the thing and sadly all of that left with edgar wright and it, you can tell because there are sequences that are so clearly what Edgar Wright would write in his screenplay and he would do brilliantly and mm. but there's just little ones where they're just in there and suddenly it feels like we're in um, Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz again and it's like oh this is suddenly interesting I'm now interested again and then it goes back to the same old you couldn't name the director of most of the Marvel films just by looking at how they're shot yeah they utterly just get the job done and there's actually some leaked footage out there online from one of these comic cons or something of somebody, you know, filming it. And it's test footage from Edgar Wright's version of Ant-Man before it was actually all made. And the same scene is in the final finished film, but shot differently and with different sort of beats of the action stuff. Mm. But it's Ant-Man basically facing off against two security guards in a corridor. Edgar Wright's original test footage is a hundred times better. It's just interesting and has character and personality and mm. endows these moments with like, oh, that's funny, oh, that's cool, rather than just like, swoop, bing, bang, bing, bang, bling, bong, shoot, bang, bang. Mm. It's like, oh, what is this? You know, this is... It, you, you will go to it and it was, you know, an entertaining, diverting hour and a half and it's... Just it is also mediocre. Like they could be doing something interesting with this, and they're playing it safe. Every single film, they're playing it safe and not being very good at telling stories. So it's just a bit sort of, eh, it's fine. But all of them are now, and you know it's oh bloody superhero. No, but that that is one attitude to take, and I I don't because I think this there was originally something exciting about um, a studio willing to put that much money and time and effort into one world with lots of films within that world. That is potential. But the problem is, you know, that, that would be exciting. That would be a thing we've never seen before because nobody's ever been willing to commit they're to that. They're all the same, that's the problem. That's, they're all the same film is the problem. So they're not actually creating a huge number of films that inhabit the same world. They're just creating the same film over and over and over again. And the, the identical protagonists keep meeting each other and then they don't know what to do. The Avengers is a mess. Both Avengers films are ostensibly complete messes. There's some fun sequences, but that's all. They're sketch shows. Um, because the characters have nothing to say to each other because they're all the same character. Mm. And, you know, Captain America is, you know, Tony Stark is... A bit is, like my film with all the Mareks at the start. Exactly. And all in Phase 5, they'll all jump off a cliff. <laughs> and That'll the, be good. And uh, the flying ones will fly into the sun, and the ones who can't fly will just die at the bottom. But they're all the same, so they'll just jump off a cliff. <laughs> just jump off a cliff. I mean, it's, it's why they're now having to cast comedians... So um, I thought that's why they cast Paul Rudd. Well, it's why they cast Paul Rudd. It's why they cast uh, Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's because the formula of Robert Downey Jr. worked. Because Robert Downey Jr. at least is charismatic. So he makes your uh, sort of pointless uh, white superhero man at least interesting. And it's just... They could have been far more ambitious than they've been. And they've mm. just been very safe. And I don't know what's going to happen when DC starts doing the same thing. Because for now... People are sort of 
that some people are over superhero films like yourself, just like too much. Others are like, oh, yeah, I'll go and see it. And when when there are competing franchises saturating the market with it, it I think it's going to be sort of catastrophic for them when it all finally is like, oh, not another one, and they're going to they're going to spunk, you know what. Uh, a billion dollars into this stuff and people are going to be bored. Good. <laughs> Good. Like, I've, how many I've gone, David, how many I've gone onto that how rant. How many David did you give it? I'd give it, you know, it's an utterly mediocre six. You know, that's it. It's a, It's got It's got funny lines in it. The performances from the comic actors are excellent. It's got moments and it's got scenes and it is the story is pointless. Well, don't go and watch it. Don't encourage this nonsense. Yeah, well... There you go. I mean, it could have been so good, and that's what almost makes it even sadder when you see these these dying remnants of Edgar Wright's stuff still in there. It just you go, oh, that could have been amazing. Turns out my life. Yeah. Didn't what? Dying remnants of Edgar Wright's stuff. Well, you know, could, <laughs> no, but could have been so good. Oh, I see that bit. Not the. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, that's, that's Ant-Man for you. OK, well, should we go to the letters section? Sure. We say letters, but, but it's all emails. No, letters is more romantic, isn't it's, it? Is it? I mean, this is, for me, it's a very romantic section of... Uh... I like to be romantic when you're round here, Mary. No, thanks, David. You're and welcome. thanks, buddy, who's scratching himself in the background. Romantically. OK, let's see if... Uh... Oh, he wants to do Essex. is from Adam, Adam Taylor. Uh, and he's from Essex, but now lives in Manchester. So well, you so... read this one out. Yeah. I all did right. two last week. This is it, all right, then. I'm just going to do Manchester. Dear Marek, David and Buddy. Oh, there's Buddy shaking himself. This is not in the letter. This is just what's happening. Dear Marek, David, Buddy, any potential but unlikely guest and Chris Webb. I thought I'd email in to recommend a film on Netflix that I don't think you've talked about on podcast. Chef. John Favreau is excellent as the titular... <laughs> oh Christ <laughs> John Favreau is excellent as a titular lead character and directs with a real flair and passion for food the first half in particular is superb it's funny original and a practically satire on modern media and social network at one point the film loses its way a bit in the second half and turns into potential spoiler more of a road movie and the end is predict- predictable and saccharine however the first half is just so good you can forgive its shortcomings later on. And it's refreshing to see the food as almost another character in the film. It really adds another layer. Overall, I'd give it seven and a half Adams. Is that allowed? Keep watching the films. Adam, Manchester. No, it's not allowed. Seven and a half is not allowed. Do we not do Seven it? or eight. We've done halves before. No, once you start going to that bullshit when you're going 8.3 and 7.2, oh, right. oh, right. it's too complicated. Chef. I've heard it's terrible. I've heard it's terrible, so I'd be interested to see who's right. But um, it's uh, it's the movie version of the Lenny Henry sitcom, right? No, I mean that is brilliant. <laughs> I remember it being fun. I don't remember. I I haven't seen it recently. Um, well, thank you. Uh, who else has written in? There's another letter from another person. Who is that person? It is 
Retro Moz. It's Retro Moz. Who Hello, we've Moz. before. Yes. And this is our last letter we've got, so we desperately need some more. Yeah, so if you'd like to write in, then please do. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. It can be about anything. If you want to suggest something we could talk about, or uh, if you want to recommend a film you don't think we've seen and you'd like to share with everybody else, then please do get in touch. That well, email again. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. We always love receiving your letters. It really makes our day. It really does make our day. And if, if you not want week. to donate to the podcast to help us fund this, it would be very much appreciated. Yes, we do all of this for free, and we've been uh, going weekly now, without stop, pretty much, for nearly 200 weeks. So if you'd like to contribute towards that enormous amount of content, uh, that, and we do like to think of it as content... Uh, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. And everyone who has, you are the best ones. You are the best. Thank you for letting me, f- helping feed me and my <laughs> unborn children. <laughs> Which you keep bringing round. Can you stop bringing you round? They're very hungry and in very particular in their food taste. <laughs> they are very causing, fussy. Causing me oh. a substantial financial uh, Whoa! Well, luckily though, they are they are very quiet, so that's all right. Um, re- I should say their mouth shut. They can't be in this demanding because about all the food they keep on requesting, I have to feed them constantly. You're, well, you've got a lot of unborn kids, Marek. You really need to stop that. Okay, here comes a letter right now what, out of your what, mouth. What accent do you want it in? Sweet Swedish. Swedish. Hello. Please read this. Oh no, how long? There is a, a posh festival goer. As I've recently come back from Latitude. Okay, I'll do that instead. Yeah, okay, then. Um, 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 um. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you liked Birdman. I have to say it is still the film of the year. I'm counting it as film for this year, as it was out in the UK this year, not last. As for the ending, how do you end a movie so inventive and emotional and wrought? I think it were a decent finish to a wonderful piece of work. I remember reading somewhere that Birdman could be a good second movie in a double bill with Whiplash. Whiplash being, of course, a documentary about the making of the soundtrack for Birdman, am I right? Uh, Watch those films. Watch them, Moz. No, not that one. Um, so thank you uh, Birdman I, yeah we talked about the ending before it's tough isn't it, it I, he wants to listen to these it's episodes 168 and 169 we talk about Birdman Birdman and, and Whiplash um, are they still in did I I said the, the ending of Birdman that I read was originally in the screenplay with Johnny Depp in it I told you that story yeah you, you weren't sold by the ending were you no well it ended sort of four times and I think that's always a misstep but um, unless it's for a reason Birdman and Whiplash are still up there currently in my... They're still... Oh, they're just excellent. In terms of countless films... And also... And they count as Oscar bait films as well, but at least they're sort of far more interesting than your sort of worthy biopic, biopic, biopic. Other ones that are up there possibly challenging uh, on our end of year greatest films? It Follows, maybe? It Follows... Was that this year? Yeah, and... uh, I thought it was last year. No. Ex Machina. Ex Machina was excellent as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean something's going to come out. I've not seen uh, Inside Out. I will, I will, I will see because I do like Pixar's films. Although I've not seen Cars uh, or any of the sequels. Uh, but yes, um, well, thank you, Moz, for your email. Yeah, thanks, mate. Hey, guess what? What we've been playing IMDb 
IMDb game of the top you, you basically got to try and find go down the top 250 list on IMDb and then stop when there's a film you haven't seen and that's your IMDb score I'm just generally working my way through films I haven't seen in the top 100 so that finally when you see City Lights you'll just race ahead exactly mondo now I thought I hadn't seen this film yeah and halfway through I realised I had seen it about 20 years ago that's pretty depressing isn't it (laughs) uh, your memory doesn't go back that far yeah Um, it happens with lots of films it's Paths of Glory you're going to talk about isn't it I've not seen it I, I think it's one of the only Kubricks I've not seen well, shall I tell you about it? Please do. What is the story of Paths of Glory? Well, Kubrick made What's that... the story of Paths of Glory? Well, it's not really in that vein at all. It's not like Balamori at no. all. Okay. It is made in 1957. It is a story of the French army on World War One, where they were they their general calls upon them to go to the top and attack uh, this German area called the Ant Hill, and it's an impossible attack, and loads of them get slaughtered, and some of them come back because they're just fought back and then the general wants to shoot some of them for cowardice purely it's based on a true story right so they pick these soldiers out to be it's basically the most depressing it's a series of really horrible wrongs that bring up the hypocrisy and futility of war isn't yes. it yes yeah. and it sort of follows the orders going down through the ranks through the sort of the Field Marshal is at the top rank. Yeah. Then General, and then Kirk Douglas plays the the Colonel who Colonel Dax, who is one of the only genuinely good good men. Right. It's just a and if it's a it's a it doesn't have any of some of the hallmarks visually that you can sort of see elements of them. You know where Kubrick's really precise. Yeah. In all his shots. And I always think of The Shining, and I think, oh, I think of the stark contrast of uh, Doctor Strange Love, and the way they've always got that, they look so aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. This is earlier, it doesn't really have that, but it's just, um, it's a sort of satire, not really, not a satire, it's just an attack on war itself. And Kirk Douglas is a brilliant actor. You know, you've probably seen him in Spartacus. Oh, yes, that's uh, another Kubrick, isn't it? Um, it's just very. Good to watch. He's got that old sort of iron jaw. He feels like he's from another age. He's got a big bum chin, hasn't he? The bum chin, of course, is big feature. His big bum chin. I've never seen it go, though. Have you? No, he's very, <laughs> he's very charismatic. Actually. Keeps it in. Uh, he's he is excellent. Yeah, yeah. So um, this sounds bleak as hell. Is it? Is it entertaining? It is bleak. It is bleak. But there's something about it which is. Uh, it does feel like it. What's odd is that thinking it's Kubrick because he feels so modern mm. that when you see a film that feels like it's of another age, it does definitely feels like maybe it's a Kirk Douglas thing, but it feels like a 1950s, 60s film where a lot of other Kubrick films you watch them and you think this could be an art house film from. I mean, like 2001, a prime example. Yeah. It, timeless and and way ahead of its time as well and even The Shining you know Clockwork Orange I think is made in 1971 that's such a modern film in so many ways so this is quite odd in the fact it feels a lot older than even things like well he did um, you know Spartacus does feel which he does feel old as well 
but Lolita feels quite modern. I think that's what, especially Doctor Strange love. Anyway, that I would really is if you want to be a completist, you should watch this film. You've uh, previously called me an asshole for wanting to be a completist. I've not really used. In fact, for using the word completist, I, I have not seen of Kubrick's other films, Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon is interesting uh, from a completist's point of view, um, or a completionist's. Uh, Barry Lyndon is uh, famous for being shot entirely on natural light. So the scenes indoors, they had huge banks of candles. Um, And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it's a sort of... It is is entertaining, but it's less a Kubrick, definitely, just from how brilliant his other ones are. But it is definitely worth seeing. And I'm not seeing The Killing. Uh, no, I've not seen that. But the other ones are Eyes Wide Shut, Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, Clock of Corrine, Space of Sea, Doctor Strange, Love Lolita, Spartacus. I mean, incredible, but it's a shame he didn't do more, isn't it? Shame he didn't do uh, Eyes Wide Shut, really. It would have been fascinating to see what he did with it. Yeah. Um, but he did do it, didn't he? Or was it? No, AI is the one I'm thinking AI, of. yeah. AI is the one, because that's the one Spielberg took over, isn't it? Yeah. Um... Yeah, because apparently his was far more sort of creepy and weird and out there. Because if you think about it, a robotic gigolo looking after a little boy um, is far creepier than Spielberg normally does. But that didn't come across as creepy really at all. He was just sort of like a robot friend. That weird kid with the the Jude Law never really does it for me. And that kid who's creepier. Hayley Joel Osmond. Yeah, something weird about him. I, it doesn't quite work as a film for me. He's grown up. He looks like a cabbage patch or garbage pail kid, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, well, his features have remained the same size. And his but he's just got, got fatter and, big, and yeah. a bit stubbly. Poor bloke. Poor bloke. Anyway, watch Paths of Glory. It's uh, a really bleak World War One film. He's number sixty in the IMDb list. Do you think it's deservedly so? Is it the hu- how many uh, how many Kubricks are higher than that? I well, let me get. I, I'm Surely guessing, a lot of them. I'm guessing The Shining is. I'm guess, guessing 2001, uh, and Spartacus must be right. Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Flubber Two is is <laughs> not as good as Path of Glory. Oh no! I enjoyed it. I'd give it eight, possibly okay. seven. Uh, Marix, it's not in the same league as Doctor Strange Love or uh, 2001 or The Shining. All right. Pass Although it is, it's not as high as The Shining. It's just too below The Shining. Too below. But I think it's incredible when you watch it, you think how the, the uh, Kubrick's variety of films. Yeah, yeah. A war film, you know, horror film weird dystopian film one of the great sci-fi films I mean you've got Paths of Glory then you've got Full Metal Jacket yeah same director but yeah, yeah. Vietnam and the First World War yeah. and the difference between them as well but um, yes you can watch it and that is also on you can watch that on YouTube for free really are you sure I these are for free I don't know if it's legal free. or not There's, I mean so I bought, many films are on YouTube I bought I rented this out uh, on iTunes right and uh, I was working at the time and it expired just I had to stop watching it for the last 15 minutes right because the rental period expired which oh, is really annoying it is annoying so I thought oh, I'll have to watch it on YouTube but I recommend but you bought it. it I mean you've I've already bought it yeah right um, yeah so that's I enjoyed it 
And uh, I don't know whether it should be that high. I don't know. Yeah. It's all subjective, isn't it? It is. It is. It's more sort of like, oh, I'll take a look if people yeah, rate it good. so highly. You if know, it's good. It's like a recommendation from everyone on earth, isn't it? That's right. Maybe Rotten Tomatoes is a better indicator. Of well, film. we should look at that and see if it's different. How yeah. different it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we'll do that in the future. All right. Well, that's us for this week. As we said, please do email us, um, dearfilmfandango at gmail dot com. Or you can talk to one another, facebook.com forward slash filmfandango. Or if you really must, tweet us at filmfandango, at Mr. David Reed, and at Marek Larwood. We will be back next week. Keep watching the films. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.